You're listening to the Pines Church Podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Well, good morning, everyone. Watch where you are going. Yes, that's what we're going to be talking about today. I want to thank Grace Libby for braving the twister in Florida to film that. Announcements are important here, even if she has to put her life at risk. And so um, I appreciate that. I said, well, these need to get done. So I don't care if there's a stage dine. You need to finish these. And so she braved the elements to get you those important announcements. So on the Bible recap, I am so enjoying um, watching all of you dive into the word of God to be reading the same thing together and then to hear what the Holy Spirit has been showing you. You know, I get one thing and then all of a sudden somebody else, Nicole shares one thing and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so good. And what's interesting is sometimes we'll be reading the same portion of scripture and I'll get out of it, Matt, you need to get going. You need to quit sitting on your hands and do something. And then somebody else will get out. I just feel like the Lord is telling me just to trust him and that I can, and that I can just rest in that. And the truth is he is because God knows exactly what we are facing in that moment. And he illuminates and reveals what we need to receive in that particular season of life. In fact, we're gonna be talking about that a little bit today. So if you haven't jumped on the Bible recap, go to Guest Central afterwards. If you're not technologically savvy, we can walk you through that. It's a pretty simple thing. We got hands going up all over the room. Um, And uh, it's not an altar call, but uh, I'm glad to see those hands. Um, But in all seriousness, um, if that's a little intimidating to you, let one of these Gen Z guys walk you through it or girls, and we'll get you set up on that. It's not that hard of a thing. Um, we also started our fast uh, on Tuesday, and so that uh, hopefully you guys have been going well. I've been hearing a lot of reports on that. I know we had a friend over, so we have our kids fast, and we can't really have them fast food, so we have them fast sugar, and we have them fast video games. That happens to be the big thing with our kids right now, and so they had one of their friends over, and they're like, you don't have any sweets in the house? And I'm like, no, we're fasting, and they're like, well, let's play video games. Well, we're fasting that too, and they're like, what is Fasting. But I actually looked at it as like, what an amazing opportunity for this, for my kids to be able to share with their friend. And their friend probably went home and they're like, they were doing this thing, it was called like running. And they're like, what's running? Well, fasting, I don't know. Like they didn't eat any sugar. So it's good. And it's a witness to others. Um, And so I want to start off with a story um, today. I was in the Portland Mall around Christmas time, which I don't recommend. Um, Malls are kind of dying. It's, uh, I remember when malls were the, the, the peak of culture, when you had the arcade, you had Chess King, remember the clothing store? <laughs> okay, I'm dating myself a lot here, but uh, it was the place to be. Sabaro Pizza was actually happening, and, um, but now they're kind of, uh, they're not the same thing. So anyway, I'm in there with all my, I got six kids, and my wife, this is like, I hate it when this happens, but she's like, hey, I got to go get something for you. So I need you to watch all six kids. So I'm like, the mall's packed. I'm walking with these six kids. I'm trying to keep them all moving in the right direction. And so right as she walks off, um, 
Ethan starts kind of breaking down and arching his back like this. And I don't care how much time you spend in the gym. When those little kids, man, they start arching their backs, there's like nothing you can do. Meanwhile, uh, Vander, he's grabbing my hand because he wants to take me to like go look at something over here. And Raquel, she's like my oldest daughter and she like talks at a whisper. So I'm trying to understand and everybody's like having conversations like, and she's like, dad, can I go over here and look at this? And meanwhile, Ethan's like, like this. And Van's like, dad, 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 dad. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like trying to, trying to follow him, arch boy over here, whisper over here. And I'm walking kind of like this at an angle. And I walk right into this guy. And I mean hard because I'm, I'm like trying to take care of them. And then I'm like, guys, we need to go boom. And I slam this guy. Well, I slammed him, but he's a lot bigger than me. Right. And so I'm like, I immediately I go into like, I'm so sorry. But before I could even get the words out, he goes, watch where you're going. And in that moment, I had a decision to make. Am I going to bow up on him, which he's a lot bigger than me, and I don't necessarily recommend that anyway. And that's not my posture anyway. I don't know if you've noticed that. but And so um, the only thing, I, I didn't expect him to say it, though, either. It's Christmas time. I expect him to be like, oh, you got your hands full. You know, you got a bunch of kids. But instead, he goes, watch where you're going. And he stopped moving, which, you know, in a mall, like everybody's moving. Even when I was doing the tug of war, I was still kind of like doing, kind of moving with the traffic like this. And he just stops. And of course, when he stops and he says, and he raises his voice, watch where you're going, all the eyes are on me as people are walking by. Oh, there might be a little fight over here. Like, let's go ahead. And like, you know, I'm good. I'm good right here with my Sabaro pizza. I think I'll just watch what goes down here. And I didn't know what to do. I'm processing this all in real time. And the only thing that I could think to do while he's still arch boys over here, Dan still doesn't care. He's still trying to get me over there. Whisper girl is over here. And homeboy is like, watch where you're going. I just, all I could think to say is, uh, okay. And I just said, okay, like this. And then he walked around me like this. And I was like, kid. And I just walked over here. And so the big idea here is that in the natural, we obviously need to watch where we're going or we're going to walk into somebody. Or I could have walked in front of a vehicle if I was in the parking lot. Or I could have, if I could have continued to allow myself to be distracted, could have ended up in a place of the mall that I didn't want to be. And so... The same is true in the spiritual realm. We are all moving in a certain direction in this physical life as we exit today and I end the service. You're all physically going to leave and head into the parking lot. But the truth is, just as that is real as real is, you are all heading in a certain direction spiritually. And the question that we need to ask ourselves is, are you watching where you are going? Or are you allowing the distractions of this life, the distractions of the enemy, the distractions that are meaningful things that probably need to be taken care of, but are getting your eyes off of where God has called you to be? Some of us are so preoccupied, maybe you don't have a bunch of kids that are hanging off you, but you're so preoccupied with what your coworkers are doing, what your neighbors are doing, what your siblings are doing, what your friends are doing, that you're falling behind in the race of life because you're so preoccupied with watching other people on social media that it's actually preventing you from gaining any traction. One of the things that I 
fa- uh, committed to fasting was social media. And I'm, you know, I don't know how many days in, three or four days. And I had no idea how much of a grip it actually had on my life, how much I was watching people. I'm a social person. I love keeping up on all your lives. I love when you go to pick out a Christmas tree. And I love when one of your children experience a birthday party. And I, cont- I want to continue to be a social creature. God created me like that. But you can get stuck by watching other people's lives that you realize you haven't even moved. And people are so far ahead of you now, you've fallen behind. And so Proverbs 29, 18 out of the new King James version puts it like this. Where, oh my gosh, where is no vision? Where is no vision? People cast off restraint. (laughs) That's actually the caveman version. Um, K stands for caveman. Uh, They didn't have the alphabet yet, so they just sounded it out phonetically. Um, We're missing a word there. So, and that's my fault. That's my responsibility. I send the scriptures over. So I just caught that. Where is no vision? So maybe this will help you remember it. Okay. Uh, All right. Where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. That word restraint isn't necessarily a word we use all the time, but it's control. So where there is no vision, people cast off control. In other words, you are no longer in control if you don't know where you're going. As I was preoccupied with what was happening with Van, with Archboy, and with Whisper Girl, okay, I had no idea where I was going, which is why I walked right into that guy, because I no longer was in control. I had allowed the circumstances that were around me. Nothing wrong with Van wanting to go to the Lego store. Nothing wrong with Whisper Girl wanting to go to Claire's. Nothing wrong with Archboy wanting to be put down only to be asked to be held again. Nothing wrong with that. But I was allowing all of those distractions to deter me. I lost control of a situation and I walked into Homeboy. That's not the end of the world, but if I was in a parking lot, it could have been a much different scenario. And the point that I'm trying to make is we can learn what happens in the natural also happens in the supernatural. And so I want to focus in on the word where there is no vision, okay? The Hebrew word for vision in this scripture is chazon, which specifically refers to a prophetic vision. And so he is not just talking, the writer of Proverbs, about natural sight. I gave you a natural sight example, but he is actually talking about where people have no spiritual vision, they lose control. They lose control of their appetites. They lose control of their time. They lose control of their finances. They lose control of their relationships because they have no spiritual vision for their lives. So they're distracted by everything and anything the enemy puts in front of them. And so I'm going to do a deep dive into this specific scripture. And we're going to look at several versions of this. One of the things I love about the Bible recap is that many people have been coming up. Oh, I'm reading the ESV. or I'm reading the NIV. or I'm reading the King James. And we're comparing these, th- these different translations. And sometimes you'll read a certain translation, translation that will help illuminate and reveal 
what the author was trying to communicate. And the reason for this, why are there so many translations? Like, that's kind of whack. It is a little bit alarming how many translations there are, but there's nothing wrong with going to certain uh, translations. And the reason is, I've shared this many times, there are 12,000 words in the Hebrew language and there are 6,000 words roughly in the English language. So they might've had five words for love. We have one. Okay, so there are things that are translated more in a conversational way. There are things that are uh, translated more of a literal way. And sometimes when you translate in a literal way, you lose um, what the author was actually trying to say. So I think all of these aid in us getting a better understanding of what it's trying to say. So we're going to take a look at it. So let's look at Proverbs 29:18 in the NLT, which stands for the New Living Translation. It says this, when people do not accept guidance, they run wild. Okay, so this author in the NLT is explaining a spiritual vision as guidance. So if we don't have guidance from God, then we're just going to be running wild. We're going to be running in a million different directions. And, but we're, we're, we're kind of running purpose, purposelessly. Let's look at the message version, Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't, oh my gosh. No, I got that right, right? If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. So if we don't know what God is up to, then we're gonna just guess. We're gonna go off what we think God is doing, what we think we remember hearing on a Sunday morning, what we think we remember reading two weeks ago, which is why it's so important that we're in the word of God daily. So we're not going off what we think we remember, but what we just read a few hours ago. Okay, so they stumble all over themselves. And maybe some of this is starting to click with you. Immediately, we don't always turn to ourselves, we turn to our neighbor, but you can probably think of some family members, some coworkers, some friends, that because they don't have a spiritual vision, they're stumbling, all, they're stumbling all over themselves. They're making a mess of their life. And maybe if you're a real truth teller, you're taking a self-examination and you're looking at your own life and you're saying, wow, I'm spinning my wheels in some areas and it's probably because I don't have a spiritual vision for this particular sphere of life. Proverbs 29, 18 in the Amplified, I love this one, where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. Proverbs 29, 18, the Passion Translation, TPT, where there is no clear prophetic, prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. Reading these different translations, it becomes abundantly clear as we read through all of these that we need more than just a positive goal in our life. That's not what the author is talking about here. We need divine guidance in our life to avoid these pitfalls, the pitfalls of running aimlessly, of, of wandering astray, of living in unrestrained uncontrolled life. We need divine guidance. A heavenly vision gives us a heavenly vantage point, positioning us to see things from God's perspective rather than ours. My sight is limited in the natural and certainly in the supernatural. But God has a vantage point 
because he is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. He sees all, all the time. And so I, it would be in my best interest, right? to spend time with God so I can have his vision for my life. So I'm not trying to do something that God doesn't have for me for another 10 years or that God doesn't have for me at all, but I'm wasting my time spinning my wheels, focusing on something that may be good, but isn't God. Just because, it good, just because it's good doesn't mean that it's God. And that's one of the things as a church that we have to, as we're kind of carving out, what's the impact that we're going to make? We want to make an impact in the homeless community. We want to make an impact in the addicted community. We want to make an impact in people's marriages. We want to make an impact in single mother homes. We want to make an impact in seeding the nation with discipleship resources. We want to make an impact in feeding the homeless, but we can't be running back and forth aimlessly and really only do a little bit of a dig a mile wide and an inch deep. We have to find what God has specifically given this house of worship to focus on because God has given different houses of worship a different focus. And that's okay because we need the whole body. There are things that my thumb can do, right? That my elbow can't. And that's okay because my elbow wasn't designed to do what my thumb does. And my thumb wasn't designed to do what my elbow does. That's okay, but we're all part of the same body. Wouldn't it be weird if my elbow was trying to be my thumb? Or wouldn't it be weird if my toe was trying to be my mouth right now preaching to you? I'd be like, all right, everybody, here we go. I mean, that's stupid, right? Isn't that ridiculous? That is the most ridiculous thing and you're laughing. But think about if I wasn't, called to preach, right? And I was called to do the books and I, you know, and, and I wasn't doing the books and think about where all the finances could go or think about, I mean, just, just allow your mind to wrap your head around that. We need to be in our specific roles. So many of us in this room, we need a heavenly vision for our finances. We need a heavenly vision for our careers. We need a heavenly vision for our relationships. We need a heavenly vision for our marriages. We need a heaven, heavenly vision for our time management. Do you know that God has a heavenly vision for your body? Your physical body. God doesn't want you putting everything in, in, your, in your mouth that you see. There are certain things that we have to do our due diligence in researching to make sure that these things are, are taking away from our life. We don't live in a society where we can just trust, unfortunately, the FDA and just say, well, if they put their stamp on it, it's okay. Okay, I'm here to tell you, those cereals are not good for you. They are not. They can put fortified with this and fortified with that. I'm telling you, cereal, oh, it tastes so good though, doesn't it? There's nothing better than cereal, okay? But it's not good for you. It's not good for you. No matter how many labels they slap on it. And so God has a plan for your life. I'm not here to shame you about cereal. I eat okay? So... What I'm here to tell you is if you're eating a box a day, that's probably not a good thing. And then if you add that onto maybe fast food consumption like 24-7, then you need to take a look at that and just say, hey, some of these things are actually taking away my energy. And so we can't rely on our taste buds solely and just put everything that tastes sweet and salty into our mouths. Okay, we need a heavenly vision. So God works in times and seasons, phases and stages. 
He expects us to discern the God season that we're in and to act accordingly. So God will lead us into a season, but he expects us to do our due diligence, due diligence to, to discern what kind of season we're in and act accordingly. Look at his words in Luke's gospel to the uh, disciples. You know how to tell a change in the weather. Well, I don't know if we actually do know how to tell a change in the weather. <laughs> you know, like their meteorologists were better back then, which is really interesting to think about. You know what I mean? Here's Jesus actually holding them accountable to say that you know how to read the weather and he's about to rebuke them. But I don't think our meteorologists are held to the same standard. I mean, talk about the, the most, the freest job to be able to have. Who's going to come like, hey, you were off on your predictions. Like, you know, like you got 70% of it wrong. They just keep on. Tim Throckmorton was our meteorologist all growing up. Anybody remember Tim Throckmorton? Okay, there was like two meteorologists and he was one of them. And uh, back in the day when we had a snow day. Okay, let me just tell you. You young kids, any Gen Zers in here? Back in the day, when Max, this is for you. When I was a kid, we had to get up and watch the local news or listen to the radio, okay? And it didn't matter where geographically in the state of Maine that you lived, they always announced your school last. I don't know how that was happening, but that's the way that it worked. And we'd have to go and they'd be like, SAD number three, SAD number two, Foxcroft Academy, and you'd have to go through the whole list to find out. And they never canceled the night before or a day before. It was like minutes before you were about to pick up. So you still, you didn't even have the luxury of sleeping in. You had to get up, still put your clothes on, still eat your breakfast. And just at the point where you were like awake enough where you couldn't fall asleep, SAD number four, closed. And you're like, oh, great which I still took it because I didn't want to go to school. Anyway, that had nothing to do with scripture, but it was beneficial for me, I think. So back to the scripture, you know how to tell a change in the weather. So don't tell me you can't tell a change in the season. Strong words. The God season we're in right now. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm having some spelling. So just stay with me, guys. It's okay, okay? So so he's rebuking them to being able to see, you know when to bring out an umbrella, you know when to put a coat on, you know when to bust out, sun's out, guns out, you know what the weather's going to look like, okay? But how can you not discern the spiritual times that you're living in? How can you not discern the spiritual season of life that you're in? This would be a rebuke to some of you that have been going to church for maybe a year, maybe six months, maybe two years, and you haven't cracked your Bible between Monday and Saturday. Strong words, but these are Jesus's words. He's saying it's like going out in the cold, in the zero degree weather in a t-shirt, which some of I, I know actually did. I saw some of you come in here without wearing a jacket and I get it, but that's not wise to do. So the breakdown is this. God may be leading you right now to get your finances under control. He may be saying it's time to put the dead end jobs behind you and to learn and to educate yourself in a specific skill set. Okay. Habakkuk 2.2. And I shared all of that to focus in on this scripture. And we're going to be breaking down this specific scripture 
over the next couple of weeks. This is rich. We're going to go through it almost word by word, verse by verse, line by line, precept by precept, because there's so much meat in this. And what I would encourage you to do on top of your Bible recap is to put this scripture down somewhere where you can write it on a, an index card, put it in your car, put it on your phone, and just read it a couple of times throughout the day because I believe the Holy Spirit's going to illuminate and going to help you discern the season of life that you're in spiritually. So let's go ahead and read this. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see. Everybody say watch to see. What he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it, the vision, plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, which means though it may delay, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Again, so much in there, and we're going to be unpacking those scriptures in the weeks to come, but I want to go back to the very beginning. I will stand my watch. So there's this charge, there's this command that we need to be watching what's happening in the spiritual realm. This is why it's important for you to understand what's going on in Israel. Because what's going on in Israel was prophesied in Daniel and Revelation. There are signs happening in our world today that are buried underneath all the cultural garbage that's being shoved down your throats that have meaning and significance and relevance to the spiritual season that we are in as a church. And when you can understand why it's raining and that it is raining, you can have your umbrella out when everybody else is running around. Or let me put it in another way. You'll be on the ark when it begins to rain. And why is it important? We don't want anyone to drown. It's so that we can be warning others. So there's a sense of urgency in how we invite people to church and what we share with our coworkers because we understand the climate and the season of life that we're living in. So Habakkuk 2.1, let's take a look at that as we begin to wind things down. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Let me ask you a question. It's rhetorical, but ask yourself this question. What are you watching? Spiritually, what are you watching? And I'm not talking about what kind of movies you're watching. I'm talking about what are you watching? Are you watching at all? Do you have any idea 
what direction you're moving in spiritually. And I don't mean collectively as a church. That is a huge component to gather with the saints. And that's, I mean, that's crucial. Jesus said not to forsake that. But where are you going? Where is your life lining up spiritually? What direction are you heading in? If someone were to ask you the question, what has Jesus been showing you lately? Could you answer? And if you can't, I'm, I'm not here to heap shame on you, but rather to kind of poke my finger a little bit to encourage you to like, you know what? Maybe I need to be in the word a little bit more. I, you know what? I don't think I could answer that question. And I don't like the way that that sits with me. I want to do something about that. The first thing that sticks out when he says, watch to see what he will say to me, is that um, we must watch for the vision. God wants us, requires us to be watching, to be looking so that we can see the storm clouds or the sun coming so that we can discern. It also shows me that all vision originates from God. It's good to have a vision about your finances. It's good to have a vision for your career. It's good to have a vision for your marriage. It's good to have all these things in the natural, but you gotta be able to answer the converse. What's God's vision for your marriage? What's God's vision for your finances? I might be inclined to build up my savings to this huge storehouse so that regardless of what happens in our economy, like I'm sitting on this money that may be absolutely worth nothing if the world goes Mad Max, but there's some kind of like natural comfort I get in that. And there's a spiritual wisdom in saving money. But perhaps the Lord is telling me that I want you to be in a season of sowing. I want you to give. There's a new couple that just got married. They just had a child and I've been putting them on your heart. You've been thinking about them. And you know what? $500 to you doesn't make a huge difference, but it could be a testimony for them that they share the rest of their lives when they were putting their lives together. They didn't have two pennies to scrape together. Somebody in the church just came to them and sowed $500 into them. And that meant that they had groceries for the next two weeks. That meant that they could make their rent. That meant that they didn't have to worry about gas as they started a new job. What's God's vision for your marriage, for your finances? He's speaking. He's always speaking. The, the question is, are we tuning in? I'm going to give you one more analogy because I really feel like the Lord's on this, but a lot of people say, how do I know what God's speaking? Like, is God speaking? It, it's kind of like this. Right now, in this room, ESPN is playing. Now, ESPN isn't on the screen. It's not on the screen back there. But if we were to get the right antenna and the right frequency, we could all tune in to ESPN right now. Even though you can't see it, even though you can't touch it. The same is true of God. God is speaking to his children. He's speaking individually and he's speaking corporately. And just because we can't discern it doesn't mean that he's not speaking. We just have to change the dial. We need to take our attention maybe off of something in the natural that was preoccupying our time and carve out space where we can quiet the noise of the world and lean into what the Holy Spirit is 
saying. And you know what? I, I've, got, I've got more, but I, I think I'm just going to kind of stop there. I'm going to ask you to stand. I know I've prodded you a little bit. I've kind of I've poked at you a little bit. And it's not out of some sadistic drive. I want you to grow. I want you to grow beyond what you can see right now in the natural. I know that God has so much for you. We cannot exhaust the riches and the promises of God. And I really believe that there are going to be tears at the judgment seat because we didn't believe him for more. Because we just thought we were doing God a favor by not bothering him and just going on and living our life and making career choices off of our life experience and our intellect and marriage uh, decisions and just taking care of it all by ourselves. Making ourselves the little lords of our lives. When God wants to be involved in all of it, he has a say in all of it. He has input into how many kids you have. He has input into where he wants you to live. He has input in where you want to, he wants you to go to church. He has input into where, what he wants you to do with his, your finances. And so if that's you in this room, what a beautiful day that you can say, God, I repent of that. And all that means is like, I let go of it. I see like, yeah, I'm, I've been doing everything all on my own. And I get stressed out and I get anxious and I get worried and I get nervous and I'm up late at night and I'm up early in the morning and I'm freaking out when my boss asks to meet with me. I'm like dreading it. That's because you're carrying the weight that you were never meant to carry. God has all of those things figured out. And as you go to him, humbly submit it, you're simply asking him, what direction do you want me to move today? It's all yours. And I'm telling you, there is a freedom in that. And God can do so much more with your finances, with your career, with the dreams that he placed in your heart. Again, those dreams are from God. So he can do so much more with it than you can do on your own. And so I just want to pray for every single one of you, but I want you to posture your heart. We're in a, this is a sacred moment. And in the natural, if you were to leave your eyes open and just look around the room, you'd say, aha, nothing changed. Everybody was just standing there, closing their eyes. But you're not here because you just believe in a natural realm. You believe in a supernatural realm. And God's words carry the power of life. And so as I pray over you, I'm asking you to open up your heart. Lord, illuminate areas that I've tried to hold the reins of control over and help me to have the grace to let go. There's a cheesy cliche bumper sticker saying in the body of Christ, let go and let God. But it's profound if you take the time to think about it. Let go. Let God have control of those areas. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice. I thank you for the destiny, the calling and purpose that you placed on the inside of them. And Father, right now, in the tenderness of their heart to humble themselves 
and ask you to illuminate areas that they are white knuckling the steering wheel on. I ask that you would give them the grace to let go. I pray that they would feel a flood of your supernatural peace in their life. Peace in their career, peace in their marriage, peace with their children, peace in their finances. God, you can do in a moment what would take man years to accomplish. I pray that they would be able to let go of those areas and to trust you with them. Give them discernment. Give them your spiritual eyes. Give them your spiritual ears to hear what you are saying, to discern the season of life that they are in. And Father, as they begin to take ground in those areas, I pray that you would receive all the glory and all the honor. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I love each and every single one of you. God bless and God speed. Uh, I, I want to ask our prayer coaches, Marsha and um, Chris and, and uh, Rick to come over here. If there's anything you need prayer for, this is important. If I could just ask you one second, anything you need prayer for, please come over here and let us pray with you. Let us encourage you. Let us stand with you in faith. To everyone else, you are dismissed. Thank you so much for listening to the Pines Church Podcast, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.